welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as CP3 in game one of the finals, man. Him and MJ, only players to debut with 30 plus points and 8 plus assists. That's some heady, heady company, my friend. The guy was 12 for 19. He's 36. Is CP3 36 years old, Matt? Like, Yeah, he is insane that he's coming out here absolutely controlling game one of the finals and Matt it don't look like he wants to lose at all dude this is his first trip to the finals and I think he's gonna be one for one because you're right man he came out swinging ferociously in that game we'll talk about it a little bit later man but wow is it is it special to watch this team and CP3 in that finals uh, Matt, I believe it was a few weeks ago, I'd have to look back, where you had full faith in the Suns teams that they would go all the way, and you're getting your reward, and yeah, we will talk about that game that happened, because it was a banger, even with Booker maybe not shooting great, but Matt, when we think about predictions, when we talk about craziness in the world, it's still alive, Matt, it's still coming home, England, they won the semifinals, I couldn't believe it, but Italy, ooh, gonna be a tough one. Yeah, man, 32 straight matches in a row for Italy. I didn't love the way that that England game ended against Denmark. I mean, Harry Kane getting the penalty on a pretty weak call, but, I mean, they get it. It's a it's a semifinals in the Euro. Ref made the call. Kane delivered. I mean, he didn't get it right off the penalty, but got that <laughs> rebound goal. Yeah, they're still alive, man. I still still have the faith, faith in Italy, though, to beat you. No. Matt, it's crazy because I watched both of those games and thinking about it, you could almost say that both times the the worst team went through because Spain absolutely outplayed Italy in the game, but they went through on penalties. And, you know, England may or may not have deserved to go through, and, and Denmark came out absolutely swinging at the beginning of that game. I thought it was over for the three Lions, but, you know, that's, that's football sometimes for you. Yeah, 100%. You got to be not only good, but you got to be lucky. And and definitely both teams, Italy and uh, England, were lucky in their games to make it through. But that's why they're in the finals and Denmark and Spain are headed home. I have a lot of faith, Matt. I would double down if I could, but I'm going to stay away from predictions and maybe curses. But hey, you yourself, you had it almost right. You know, you had faith in the Bucks, but uh, they went pretty quick. Yeah, they, they won back-to-back games in, in five and six. I figured they'd lose game five without G, but, you know, he he wasn't a big factor, I guess, for them, and they end up winning two straight to make it to the NBA Finals. And he, he looks pretty good still. Oh, so glad. We'll talk about those games later. Matt, I know it's time to be a little sad. Let's roll into the NHL, my friend. Pain. Just absolute <laughs> pain from last night my friend oh it was a painful series to watch um as a Habs fan specifically because in games one two and three you could say Carey Price could have been better his game was good um the team in front of him wasn't necessarily snuffing out the chances like they were in the first three rounds um but he still let in some some questionable goals I mean, he even talked about it last night saying, you know, I wasn't good enough to start the series, which Shea Weber immediately refuted, uh, Mm. being a great captain, great teammate. Yeah. It's just tough. I didn't love seeing that photo of Andre Vasilevsky 
225 next to Carey Price, 6'3", 220, and looking like double his thickness. I saw a tweet from a fan saying, just wait until Carey Price puts on Andre Vasilevsky's pads next year and we got you, which I thought was hilarious. Matt, all I was thinking about was making the joke, like, do we need to check if, you know, the pads in America are bigger? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, are you allowed to do it because you're in Tampa and that's just the Tampa way? Ah, who knows? <laughs> and Tampa just absolutely ripping us apart this year as, you know, fans. Oh, they have been winning almost everything. They won the Super Bowl. They won back-to-back in the NHL. They made it to the World Series last year. I mean, if the Tampa Bay Raptors could have pulled off a miracle playoff run or to get to the playoffs, it would have been a different story. But, yeah, Tampa ripping out my heart, man. Ripping it out. I mean, if Kawhi had a stage, you know, that could have been our three-peat this year in Tampa. So, you know, it was all lining up, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, man, reality smacks you in the face sometimes. Uh, It was nice to see my Habs, though, prove everybody wrong, including myself. I mean, we can go back to the tapes, man. I was not expecting them to make it out of that first-round series with the Leafs. And when Vegas came around, I thought they'd be done. They finally ran into the juggernaut of the NHL, a team $18 million over the cap. They've got, you know, superstars coming out of their butt uh, with Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and uh, Kucherov. You got Hedman on the back end and Vasilevsky, probably the game's best goaltender at this point. Um, it's just tough, man. It's, uh, it's sad to see. I love seeing Nick Suzuki really come out and really take ownership of that forward group. He was definitely by far the team's best player throughout the entire series. He had a rough game one, but really bounced back. Um, sad to see Kakanyemi not get in the final two games. He was one of our better players uh, through the first two games of that series. Had a rough game three, and they just pulled him out. Didn't allow him to kind of bounce back. Um, Romanov scoring in the Stanley Cup Finals has me excited. Yeah. Uh, Cole Caulfield getting points. You know, this team is really young. They've got three players or four players on that team who played in the playoffs this year that were 21 and under so pretty wild futures futures looking great it's just tough to to see it with Carey Price and Shea Weber still in the fold and I would have loved to see Carey Price get a cup because that man has played behind some awful awful (laughs) Montreal Canadiens teams and he's dragged them to some places that they didn't deserve to be um it's too bad that it's kind of the twilight of his career and he can't do it game in game out like he used to you know, you hit a lot of great points there, but when it comes to my side of things, Matt, I watched more hockey, you know, in these playoffs than I think I've done in a long time, and I knew the Lightning were good, but there were just moments in that game watching, you know, where Point just takes the puck up and his entire team gets a chain and change, and you're like, well, what do you do at that point? And it's and it's crazy, and and for me, I was really glad that Anderson kept being the hero because some of those goals he scored for you was just fantastic, and. I want to say that I'm still 3-0 when I watch and Montreal makes it into overtime. So, unfortunately, I just couldn't get there again for my for my luck to come through. They actually had a carbon copy 3-2 overtime victory in every single series. They did wow. it against the Leafs. They did it against the Jets. They did it against Vegas. And they also did it against Tampa in that one, one nice game that they won. Thank goodness they didn't get swept. Because it would have given Toronto fans even more ammo to come at us. They're on Twitter, on TikTok, making videos, tweets, just chirping us, laughing at us, saying, oh, you guys finally ran into a real team. 
Well, yeah, because the first round we ran into a cupcake named the Toronto Maple Oof. Leafs and dispatched them pretty quickly. Um, just a fact. <laughs> yeah, their fans have just been waiting since that to, you know, try to figure out when they can hit back at the team that beat them. Sorry it took, you know, this long. Sorry that the team was this good and kept going. But uh, there's always next year, right? <laughs> exactly. Always next year. And besides, guys like Matthews and Marner, their golf game just got way better over the last four weeks. So they got that on Montreal, that's for sure. But, man, it's over. Hockey season's done. Tampa Bay with the, the Stanley Cup back-to-back. First team since the Pittsburgh Penguins did it. Only the second team in the cap era to ever go back-to-back. They're a true dynasty. They did have some fortunate uh, incidences. I mean, circumventing the cap with the Kucherov injury all year, putting him on long-term injured reserve. Um, you get lucky. You got to be good to be lucky. Lucky to be good. So, hey, man, I guess it's the, th- the theme of the episode. At the end of the day, Matt, your first NHL finals that you got to see of your team. And with the young talent you have, come back. From your mouth to God's ears, my my friend. From your mouth to God's ear. Because you're <laughs> right. I've never experienced a finals loss or a finals win. And this is my first experience even being there. So it's 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 disheartening to lose, but you gotta love the ride that, that they took you on and be thankful and happy that this team put together the most memorable run in my my lifetime so hey man i thought at the beginning of the season that they had a good team that could potentially do this they proved me right from back then wrong from the end of the season and i couldn't be happier with it i mean maybe a little happier if they had won but hey what are you gonna do i mean hey that's hockey for you at least matt marissa always has that amazing live photo of you being absolutely amped when they got through vegas because Dude, the smile on your face was wicked. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. And I will always have those moments to cherish. I mean, beating Vegas, nobody expected that. Nobody expected us to, to even take a game off Toronto. Craig Button, who's senior head scout at TSN, <laughs> showed, shows you what he knows. I mean, you got to play the games. He's probably a very, very smart man. I mean, he is obviously to be in the position he is. But at the end of the day, we're just you know guys who are who are looking from the outside in and and telling you what we think but the players they had heart they had soul and mark bergevin when he made his reset uh back when he traded pk he talked about the attitude of the team being poor and he really changed that attitude because those guys are all character guys seeing brendan gallagher crying at the end of that in the press conference that's a heartbreaker he even posted a TikTok that apparently he got robbed today too. Yikes! Yeah, it's not a not been a good twenty four hours for oh. Brendan, but I love the guy. Yeah, I mean he's he's an OG at this point, right? So Matt, I'm I'm I think we'll we'll always be hyped when we get to have these moments, right? Like I'm proud for you, dude. I'm proud for that team. They did great. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, it's like the end of the day, like if Toronto had lost to the Golden State Warriors back in 2019, we would have been sad, but we would have enjoyed the ride. Exactly. It was the opposite end for the Toronto Raptors because we did get to enjoy that that parade and that celly. But hey, man, maybe I'll get another chance to enjoy a Montreal celly. So. I mean, we think about how confident we are in the Raps and their path, potential path forward, right? You're a young team and with hockey, anything can happen absolutely anything that was definitely proven this year 
Amen. All right, buddy. Anything else? Nah, man. I think we're good to go to basketball. It's all you. Oh, perfect. Well, I got to start with some protocols because there's some interesting things coming out of the Team USA camp. So their select team, the team that, you know, trains with the, the real boys so they can go win because that's what they're obsessed with, and you know, in the USA, they've had both Emmanuel Quickly, PJ Washington, and Miles Bridges. They're all suddenly just out today because of protocols, which is crazy because Isaiah Stewart and Anthony Edwards both had ankle injuries last week. So, I mean, I think the USA team will be fine, but injuries and some protocols this week, Matt. Can't believe I'm bringing it up about the Olympics. <laughs> Well, man, it's, it's the USA's Olympic team. They didn't, yeah. they didn't think COVID was real at the beginning, and they probably think that the vaccines are just going to work 100%. They don't work 100%, but pretty close. <laughs> so true. I'm feeling great after a week of my vaccine. All right, now, moving on to coaching updates. Nate McMillan, officially the head coach. He's getting a four-year deal. I mean, this was going to happen, considering what the Hawks just went through. Absolutely. I It would have been... I would say dumb to, to not sign the guy who brought you all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals after taking over midseason for a struggling team. I mean, at one point, man, they were below the Raptors at the beginning of the season, and we were looking at them like, oh, do we do we misjudge this Hawks team? But he banded them together and brought them all the way there. They had a valiant run. So, yeah, pay that man and keep him around. He is definitely worthwhile. Pacers, what are you doing? Just going to bring that up real quick. Anyways, <laughs> so I, I can't resist. You know how it is. But, Matt, I'm really interested in some of the other decisions. The Wizards, with what they're thinking of doing with the Suns system. Like, I feel like there's a lot of open positions right now, and we're going to start to see a lot of shuffling left and right of potential assistants moving up, maybe some more. I don't know if there'll be more firings, maybe Budenholzer, hopefully, but it's going to be an interesting offseason as we get there. <laughs> I love how you just threw out Budenholzer there, man, because that guy needs to be fired at the end of the season. I don't even care if they win the NBA <laughs> Finals. They should still fire him because he is brutal. I do like Kevin Young as a as a younger coach. I mean, he's on that, that Sun staff that had a huge turnaround this year. Um, so he could be a good fit for the Wizards. Um, I like the, the Damon Stoudemire, the former Raptors first uh, round draft pick joining the the Boston Celtics staff. I mean, don't like that it's Boston, but hey, he's a he's a good guy and he's going to be a good coach one day. So definitely a lot of positions open and, and people are going to start filling them in. So we'll just talk about it as they come, right? I mean, hey, potentially next week, Matt, or the week before, week after that, it's going to be off season time and we'll be just like itching for all of that basketball news, right? But Right now, let's stick with what we got going on. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about an injury this week. Dario Sarge. I thought it was just, you know, going to... I mean, it didn't look awful, but it didn't look great either. And that knee injury from Game 1 turns into a torn ACL, and he is out for the series. Yeah, that's brutal for him. Because he, he started decent, and he's one of their, their key players off the bench. He does spell Aiton from time to time to give him some rest and Aiton had to play the majority of the back half of that game, so it's going to affect their center rotations. I think it's a huge loss. If you don't know who Dario Saric is, the guy's been in and around the league for quite some time now. He was a he was a second-round pick by the Philadelphia 76ers, but mm. proved better to be than uh, Nerlens Noel, who was their first overall draft pick that year, I believe. So he's a good player. He plays valiant minutes for them. I think it's going to be a big loss. It might affect the series because 
if Aiton's got to play the full game, he's going to wear down over the next six. It's definitely going to affect things, right? Saric has proved himself as a rotational player for that squad, and everything that Phoenix was doing throughout this playoff run was just, it was a well-oiled machine where, you know, the stars were doing what they were doing, but the rotational pieces knew what to come in and do to keep everything rolling, and that's why they're in the finals, and he will be sorely missed, but I mean, I still have faith at the end of the day in the Suns. Oh, dude, I have so much faith faith in the Suns. I called it back on episode 45, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that you did. Now, nothing really big on trade rumors this week. I will say that the Jazz are apparently going to make every attempt to bring back Conley, which is, I don't know, maybe good, maybe bad. We'll see, but that's the only thing that I've heard on the rumor mill. Hey, Conley and the Jazz came first overall in the NBA this year. If it weren't for some, some little injuries and some minor tweaks in the playoffs, they might have been able to get through the Clippers, and then who knows? But I think that's a good good decision. And we'll talk about the draft day trades when we when we get a little bit further down. Off-season, baby. All right. So, last but not least, before we get about into these games, I have to cry about Canada basketball because, Matt, that game, that game was not fun to watch. They just needed to get through the Czech Republic to then get to go into the finals and win. And, you know, the Czech Republic doesn't have very many players on it. And they were playing really good, Matt. Wiggins got some crazy steals. They forced OT. And then, like, everything drained out when they just left Tomas Sadoransky open for a wide-open three. I'm done with this team, Matt. I'm rooting for Japan now. It's all about Utah Watanabe. He's going to co-captain that squad all the way. That's, that's my plan. Dude, I think that's a great plan gotta gotta pull for your boy utah i mean he showed out as part of the the raptors this year so gotta gotta love that but so heartbreaking man we lose to the czech republic with the roster that we have this year i know we're missing two of our better players but like come on guys you got andrew wiggins you got rj barrett you got uh Nikhil alexander walker uh dwight powell like, we got NBA players just all over the roster. How do we not take out the Czech Republic? Come on! It was some unfortunate ball luck for us. You know, a couple of great, great plays that Nurse drew up unfortunately ended with the ball just either bouncing off the rim or going in and out. Our last shot to tie it to go to double OT or to win. I can't remember what the score was. I've, like, blanked it from my manager. My, my my brain at this point was a beautiful play where they just, like, set a wall and, and they threw it to... God, I don't even remember who it was, but not a great player. Um, and and he like has a wall of defenders in front of him, and he gets a wide open, you know, Kawhi side, you know, right side jumper, and just in and out, and that's uh, that's how it ends for us, unfortunately, for Canada and their dream. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, Trey Lyles can't hit a can't hit a shot in this oh. game. Uh, he's one of seven. Uh, o from four from deep. Corey Joseph had a had a tough night from deep. Dwight Powell didn't have a great game. It's just tough to see when, like, we have great players, and it's it's just tough, man. I wish they could have done something against the Czechs. I wish they could have made the the Olympics. But man, who knew this kid uh, Blake Shilib for the yeah. Czech Republic dropping thirty one points on us? Guy was seven of twelve from deep. Jeez, uh, our defense was not good in that game, Matt. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> God, letting a 37-year-old man roast us. Ooh, big pain. All right, 
Let's move on, Matt. Let's talk about the basketball that we are loving to watch. We got to roll it back to that Bucks Hawks series. Talk about that Eastern Conference Finals because, you know, two back to back games with no Giannis. I'm pretty sure he didn't play in both of them. Mm-hmm. The first one, game five, you know, Brooke Lopez, who's getting torched right now by the Suns, puts in 33 points on 14 for 18 shooting. No trade, no Giannis. It's all about Brooke Lopez in game five, Matt. Yeah, man. He was an absolute monster. It was like he was like, okay, no no Giannis, I'll be Giannis tonight. And he just went in. I mean, all middies, some free throws in there, but 33 points is a huge game for him. Holiday throwing in the, the 25 points, 13 assists game, uh, and Chris Middleton chipping in with 26, 13, and 8. Like, dang, man. That team comes out of nowhere to just absolutely dominate a, a Hawks team that had kind of sucked the soul out of them after game four man i mean without without trey young they just came out and they demolished the bucks and i thought that was going to carry over to game five not the case apparently it was like reverse roles you know Giannis Giannis doesn't play in game five the team comes back and helps unfortunately there's no trey in that game to support you know the the hawks and their endeavors and at the end of the day you know, they had to rely on Bogdanovich to shoot most of their shots, and I mean, he's still hobbling, I'm pretty sure, from an ankle injury. So, game five, well, I believed, I, I had a lot of faith when you were like, yeah, Hawks are coming out, and then it's going to be, you know, the rollback the other way, but at the end of the day, the the Bucks team was really there for Giannis when he had to miss out. Yeah, couldn't believe how how great of a team they ended up being together in that game five win. And the reason that I thought they were going to lose game five is because, you know, they're missing Giannis. Trey Young is still going to be out game five. So you expect the, the Atlanta Hawks to come out with that same energy. And then I figured in game six and seven, when Trey does come back, he'd be a little hobbled and he would kind of affect the way that they play a team game because he is their superstar. So they'd be trying to feed him and he'd be off a little bit, kind of like James Harden was in that net series. And it played out in game six. I mean, Trey Young had a bad shooting night, only yeah. 14 points, but Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, man, step up and get your team to that Eastern or to that finals because boys played out of their mind good in that game. I will say, because you know me and Chris Middleton, if it wasn't for that third quarter, 16 straight points that that man threw up, I think it would have been a very bad night for him. But again, he has his moments. Giannis believes in the guy, said what he's seen from Chris sometimes, his greatness. And obviously, he loves playing with Chris, right? Like, when you think about Giannis signing that contract, it's because of the players that he plays with and the relationships that he's established. And he wants to be that star that can win through a small market. And I loved that his team stepped up for him and carried him through to the finals. Absolutely. Um, it's funny that Chris Middleton and, and Giannis used to fight for playing time and didn't like each other at the beginning of their careers, but now are two inseparable teammates. And, and Giannis even said that the saddest day of his career is going to be when Chris Middleton retires. Crazy, right? Crazy. And that's the thing, right? Relationships can be built when you realize that you're just two guys with the same goal. You want to be great. You want to end up with the final prize of winning a championship. You know, you put all whatever aside and look at their relationship and look where they are now. 100%. 100%. They're in the finals. They've got a chance to win. Um, I'm good to start talking about that NBA Finals game one. What about you, buddy? Yes, absolutely. We can roll into it because Suns-Bucks, Matt, um, crazy. 
you know, nobody at the beginning of the year, you know, we're talking about Brooklyn, we're talking about LA, we're talking about the Clippers, Lakers, you know, all of these things. You know, Philadelphia was doing crazy things. Blah, blah, blah. Here we are. Bucks, Suns, an NBA Finals of two small market teams, players like Giannis, players like CP3, getting the opportunity, and Chris Paul. We started at the top of this episode about it, Matt. The man is a legend at 36 years old right now. Absolute legend. Um, I can't put his performance into words. The guy is an absolute maestro out there. And you know who saw the Bucks coming? We both did. We both I mean, in the finals. I'm pretty sure you even picked them to win the championship at the beginning of this thing. So kudos to you, man, if they do. But hey, that Suns team in game one gave them all they could handle. Even with a Giannis uh, LeBron-like block on uh, Miles Bridges, still got it done. Jeez. It was... It's crazy, man. I, I'm really hoping that the series turns into a series and that the Suns don't just roll through them. I'm still scared for Giannis and his free throws. You know, started seven for twelve. I mean, not bad. Ob- not bad, right? But still, it worries you down the line. And I think about the fact that he only took eleven shots in that game one. You know, and to me, it's is he still injured? Is he just? I mean, he looks good, but obviously, you know, you're always affected by things. And, I mean, 20 points, 17 rebounds, 11 shots, you know, he's still putting up absolute, you know, numbers. But when you think about the three-headed snake right now that the Suns are throwing out with Chris Paul, with Aiton, who was 22 and 19, and he took 10 shots and put eight of them in, like, it's so scary if you're a Bucs fan right now. six from the line. Exactly. That's the scary part, man, is that if, if G's getting outplayed by Aiton, that they're in trouble. And I wouldn't say that he's like outplaying him, but I was there were parts of that game where Aiton was just rolling to the basket and eating, eating Brook Lopez alive. And yet Budenholzer doesn't do anything about it, man. You have the answer in Giannis. Just put Yanni on Aiton and then use Drew Holiday or PJ Tucker on the CP3 Booker combo, and look, you got your three best defenders on their three best offensive playmakers. Make their life miserable. Don't let Brooke Lopez just get out of the game because he's unplayable when they hunt him. Jake, oh, so valid, Matt. Uh, if there's any Bucks fans listening, just take that audio clip and mail it to Mike Budenhoser because, I mean, I can rip on him even more if I want to, but. He might come out in game two with a good strategy, and that might be the thing, Matt. If if they come out tonight and that's the plan, I hope you absolutely tweet up a storm about it because th- that's what they have to do at this point. Giannis is a fantastic defender, defensive player of the year uh, last year, let me remind everybody. So that's the only way you're going to stop Aiden because he's so big, and if the shooters on the pick and roll get you know smothered, he's usually just like, hey, man, I'm here. Toss it to me. I got you, bro. Like, it's, it's insane what the Suns have been doing right now. Yeah, and there were moments in that game where CP3 would come up the court. He would hunt for Brooke Lopez, make him, you know, play him on the pick and roll and switch. And then when they do the drop back coverage, he makes him go into the paint and then throws a lob over top of him for Aiden to jam it. I mean, he's got to do something Budenholzer does to stop CP3 from just absolutely 
picking apart his game plan and he's got to make in-game adjustments which he's not good at like he has to because cp3 is going to play that first half of the game understand your game plan and what you're trying to do and then switch it up in the second half because that's who he is he is a six foot point god he has the brain of a basketball genius look at this team couldn't make the playoffs last year without him added him and are like four three games away from winning the stand winning the nba finals <laughs> sorry i almost said, said daily cup, hey but... man all you've been thinking about is that cup for the past week i ain't gonna blame you <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 dropped 32 points man him Aiton and Booker with 81 points in the finals that's the most by a uh, trio in their debut since the NBA ABA merger these guys like it's wild how good they are and Boonholzer is just going to get exposed, man. It's why he's going to get fired at the end of the year. It's so true. Matt, it was a recent interview that CP3 was in where he was like, it feels weird right now because I'm so used to just watching basketball. Like, when I'm not playing, I'm just watching basketball games. There's no games on right now. And I think about the fact that, you know, the way that he's dominating Lopez, hmm, who did we see absolutely slay Lopez with those floaters in the last round? A certain Trey Young who is an undersized guy. Anyways. Like, what else is there to say? You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, how else can you slice it? You've got Trey Young, the next point god, an up-and-coming player who who's cerebral, and then you've got the vet in CP3. The young guy couldn't get it done because he got hurt. That, that old 36-year-old man, he doesn't look like he wants to lose this finals. So true. Matt, I did roll back. I'm looking at my predictions right now, and I had Lakers and Bucks. Bucks in seven. I wrote down Giannis will be snubbed for MVP, and I'm okay being wrong. So interesting going on. But I look at this. I look at this team, Matt. I think about the fact that Chris Middleton had 29 points, but 12 for 26, five for 12 from three, and doesn't shoot a free throw at all. No free throws. Is that his fault? Is he not going inside? Is that the refs? Like you know, there's there's some kind of story there, but. Chris Middleton has to have whatever that game, you know, whatever that game was. He had like game three or a game four where he just like absolutely dominated, takes over. He needs to be more consistent because Drew Holiday is great. Drew Holiday is going to play well. He's going to play good defense. But I don't know if he's going to have those type of games. And unfortunately, Giannis may not be 100%. So Chris is going to have to step up. Or Brooke Lopez has to just all of a sudden decide that he's going to be Steph Curry, which he kind of can do, but I don't know in this series. <laughs> yeah, Brooke does have a nice three-point shot, but when teams focus in on him, it's pretty stoppable. And you're right, Drew Holiday, man, he is not the offensive player that he is on the defensive end, and that's why he's an all-star in this league is because of his defense, not his offense. Chris Middleton is an all-star because of that offense, so he's going to need to carry, and he's not consistent. So that's that's the nerve-wracking part if you're a Bucks fan. And if you're a Bucks fan and you're complaining about the refereeing, I get it. You know, 26 free throws to 16, they got 10 more than you. But they also went 24 of 24 right off the bat, which is a finals free throw made record in a row, the, the Suns did. And you guys scored 9 of your 16. They scored 25 of their 26. So, yeah. I mean, score your free throws? Maybe that'll help too? Oh, I mean, you poor. do have G shooting, so. Yeah, poor Giannis, right? But... Matt, it's going to be a really interesting series. I have a lot of hope for it. The thing that really irks me is that DiVincenzo is hurt. 
you know, with Sarge going out, you know, maybe that'll balance it, but different positions. I think about how awful, awful some of the shots Pat Connington has taken for this Bucks team. And I think about DiVincenzo as that piece that knew his role so well, and, and Pat's trying to come in and do certain things that maybe he's not as comfortable with, but, you know, injuries. Again, I have to bring it up, right? This has been the season of injuries, and while we are here in the NBA Finals, while we have two teams that have, you know, done their best and have been barely affected by the injury bug, right, throughout these playoffs, at the end of the day, you still can't avoid it. Yeah, I mean, CP3 did fight through that injury bug in the first round with the shoulder and Giannis fight, fighting through the knee issue right now. So they did have some troubles, but you're right. They're the teams that have handled their injuries the best and have, have been able to get to this point. So it's sad to see. I would I would agree DiVincenzo would be a nice upgrade over Pat Connaughton right now. Pretty brutal to have him on the floor, but losing Sarich is probably a bigger loss for the Suns. So I think it's definitely going to even out the playing field. Though, Cam Johnson, guy has really turned himself into a solid role player in the NBA. Very Matt, much so. Matt, if you go look at my article from last year where I was talking about the teams that missed out on the playoffs, you'll notice that the Suns, all I said was Cam Johnson needs to find himself a rotational piece and become strong and they'll find their way to success. Hmm, here we are today, Matt. Here we are. Oh, Kevin. You should have put that in a mystic prediction, bro. You got the future all down. I, I had thought, but this Suns team, man, they, they were young, and they needed the presence of Chris Paul. They needed somebody to come in. I remember rumors at the beginning of the season where Chris Paul was just yelling at Aiden, just, you know, really leaning into him about, you know, why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? Why aren't you great? You have all this potential. You know, you were taken where you were for a reason, you know? And, and... You know, he's come out, Aiton has come out now and has talked about how great that was for him and you look about the role that he has defined himself as with his team and it's so unstoppable, Matt. I love watching this pick and roll action right now. I hope that the Bucks can figure it out. I hope Giannis gets more involved with it. I hope they can do more switching, but I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Yeah, I think I think the Suns have it. I love the, the little bring up of that CP3 yelling at Aiton. Because it reminds me of Jimmy Butler yelling at Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I think that the issue with Cat and, and Wiggins and what they had with Butler is that they had already achieved some level of success in the NBA before Butler got there. Um, they were they weren't a great team, but they both achieved individual levels of success in terms of you know people thought Cat was going to be the next generational big man. And people liked Andrew Wiggins. They they thought his ceiling had dropped when he entered the NBA, but they did like him. And so you have a guy like Booker who he wants to be Mamba, right? He, he's got that yeah. Mamba mentality. He's, he's going to work hard every day. And then you get a guy like CP3 who's the leader now, who's a 36-year-old, um, you know, 15-year vet in the NBA. And he's looking at DeAndre Ayton thinking to himself, dude, if I was your height and moved like you, I would have been better than Michael Jordan. So you better kick your butt into gear and get us to a championship because the three of us can do this together. And man, CP3 just proven all the haters wrong after he left Houston. The guy went to OKC, they got better. He went to Suns, they're gonna win the, the championship. And he's gonna win one before James Harden? Gotta love it. Absolutely. Okay, Matt, I do want to bring up one more point before we move into Raptors chat, which will actually roll us nicely into Raptors chat, because 
I look at this Bucks team and I look at this Suns team, two teams that traded for a point guard, a floor general to run the floor. I think about your comments about Wiggins and I and about Cat, and I look at someone like Ben Simmons who got success and decided I don't need a jump shot. You know which teams could have really potentially ended up in the finals if they had a traded for a floor general point guard? Lakers. Philadelphia. Kyle Lowry. That's it. That's all I got to say, Matt. You know? Man, we've talked about it before. Um, they were very, very wrong not to trade for Kyle Lowry, not to meet that asking price, because a championship is worth way more than 10 years of an average NBA player. It just is. So think, about, give... think, think about what we did, Matt, trading a you know, a franchise cornerstone for a chance with Kawhi Leonard, right? You have to risk it if you're going to go all the way. You can't fly unless you jump. And that was a great point you brought up, man, about the fact that we traded DeMar DeRozan, probably the all-time Raptor if he stays with us for his entirety of his career. In terms easily. of what he's, Yeah, like, oh, exactly, almost easily the all-time Raptor. But because we get Kawhi... I mean, that championship is worth more to me than, than watching DeMar dominate and, and be one of the, the better NBA players just to lose in the second round every year. I will take that championship, that memory, over the next five years of or six years of DeMar that I miss any day of the week. <laughs> exactly, right? It's so true, but, man, you have to think about what is important in, in this NBA right now. You need somebody who can control the floor because – your coach may or may not be the reason you win. Now, on the Sun sides, we have a great pairing with Monty and Chris, and that's why we have so much faith in them, right? If you had, if, if this was a Nick Nurse-led team, if this was a Brad Stevens-led team, if this was a Steve Kerr-led team with Drew Holiday and Giannis as the stud, you know, it would be a much fairer matchup, in my opinion. Much different story, man. And it... it your point about having a player who controls the ball and controls the floor, I mean, it just goes hand-in-hand hand with Cade Cunningham being the number one overall pick this year. It's a little shocking to me that the Pistons might be looking to move the tr- move the pick, but hey, man, what do you think it would take for the Raptors to get there? Oh, it's, it's crazy, right? Because every team right now is thinking to themselves, oh, Detroit likes Jalen Green? They don't want Cade? Okay, I'm getting the first pick. Because, Matt, you don't not take Cade in this draft. It's just a fact. He is the point guard. He's tall. He's he's long. He has the ability to control the offense. He can shoot. He can run. He can do everything, right? He's Benjamin with a jump shot. <laughs> exactly, right? Which is potential to be, you know. LeBron! LeBron! There it is. I knew you would get into there. But the thing is... I don't know what we do because we have so many weird places to go. There's the rumors of the Siakam trade. You were telling me about this OG potentially trade to trade up for number one. I mean, if Kate is the star that he proves he can be, anything might be worth trading for that pick, right? Absolutely. If he's the star that everyone thinks he is, I would trade OG and Anobi and that fourth overall draft pick for him any day of the week if that is his ceiling i love og big og fan i still think that he has Kawhi-esque potential um if he can just break out offensively and get some more reps and maybe a little bit more usage but man when you've got a, a generational stud and a guy like Cade cunningham who's drawing comparisons to 
to guys like Simmons and LeBron, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the Cavs want to trade up because they've seen what happens when you get a generational talent for your franchise. They were nobodies. And then they drafted their boy LeBron. And then they, they let him down for a few years and he had to go away and win some chess. But he came back. Somehow he won that title in the middle of the Golden State dynastic era that we just lived through. But at the end of the day, that's the thing, right? And, and Cade Cunningham is that type of potential. Why do you think all year we've been like, fade for Cade, fade for Cade, let's get the number one pick? And if we moved up in the draft from seven to four, traded that pick for number one, and three years later we have a core of Cade plus whoever, yeah, man, I'm happy. Easily. Yeah, and if we could trade Siakam in the fourth and maybe next year's first overall pick as well for him, I would do that. Um, I know the Cavs are looking at trading Colin Sexton in their third overall draft pick, which is a pretty good package if, if I'm the Detroit Pistons. I mean, Colin Sexton coming off a fantastic scoring year um, where he really blossomed in the NBA, and getting getting that third pick still kind of leaves them in the Jalen Green, Evan Mobley range, which is nice for them. I know that they covet Green, but they probably get Mobley in that spot. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's wide open. I also think if we traded number or Siakam for number seven, it gives us a little bit more flexibility. And we talked about it last week. I really think Jalen Suggs was was well insulated at Gonzaga. I think that he popped a little bit more at Gonzaga than he would have at a at a lesser program. And so that's maybe why he's here. I mean, he's older than Lamelo Ball at this point in his developmental career. So it kind of scares me when you take a player that high who's a little bit older. Uh, that's why I would prefer a guy like Jonathan Kaminga and give us a little bit more flexibility at moving down to the seven spot as well if we trade Siakam for Wiseman in that seven. You know, what do you there's, think Masai's There's There's too many options, right? Masai is, is, is working his magic. Even Bobby Webster is working his magic. And the other side of the coin, Matt, which we have to at least bring up, is the fact that we were in Tampa. Sim- simple as that, right? And... If you, if you add the number four, whoever it is, to this current team, whatever happens with Lowry, blah, 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 giving the opportunity for Siakam and Freddie and everybody else to play back at home, to live their normal lives in Toronto, to be happy, they might just all of a sudden roll back and we're a top four seed in the East, no problem. The question is, is it worth taking that risk? Did we potentially expose things in Tampa that weren't directly related to Tampa, but were more related to the actual players that we have, right? Because we're an unreal defensive team, and we've proven that we have a great system for that. But at the end of the day, you need the confidence to be able to take those shots. And it, when you look at our team, right, we have confidence to take shots, but is it the right kind of confidence, right? Like, ah, it's scary either way. It's that half-court offense. Even when we won the championship, we didn't have a fabulous uh, half-court offense. It was really just kind of give the ball to Kawhi and everybody watch. (laughs) So we do need that offensive player. That's why before the the whole Detroit uh, Rockets loving Jalen Green came out, I was pretty high on getting a guy like Jalen Green on our team. And maybe it's smoke and mirrors, and they do want Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley, but... Yeah, we definitely need somebody to fix our half-court offense, so that would be my number one priority if I'm if I'm aside. That's I mean, the center depth. Gary Trent Jr. could eventually be a shooter for like we have so many options, right? I'm really excited to 
to take some time over the next few weeks to really look at where the Raptors are going to go. You know, we're going to see rumors. We're going to do things. And, and Masai is Masai, right? And, and our organization has proved that, that we're here to play. We're here to play for a title, right? We're not here to mess around. And it would be interesting if we went into a sort of rebuild that had us, you know, getting better contracts potentially, getting better stars, blah, blah, blah. There's just way too much to think about, right? Yeah. It's, it's all up in the air, and we'll see where the chips land. Uh, before we go into Mystic Takes and hot, hot Takes and Mystic Predictions, man, you want to give me your finals pick? Because I'm going Suns and Six. Okay, you know, I was really confident in the Suns. I was, I'm still confident in the Suns. But you made me look back, Matt. You made me look back at the fact that I had Bucks and Seven. And now I'm like, oh, should I just say Bucks? I'm going to do it, I think. I think I have to stick to myself like four months ago. No, what was it? Four weeks ago? So yeah. Suns are definitely going to win. Let's just preface that. But I'm just going to say Bucks and Seven because I said it before and I can't stop now. Hey, man. Bucks and Seven against the Lakers and Bucks and Sevens against the Suns. You did have the series that the Western Conference final team would have come out of. Because I truly believe AD and LeBron would have made it out of that West. I mean, look at the Suns. That's that's true, right? It's crazy. Crazy to think. But, okay. Let's roll into these predicts. I will lead because I do. This is, this is potentially why the Bucks are going to win. I look at the fact that Game 2 is going to be a toss-up. We don't know who's going to win. We don't know if the Suns will get lazy. We don't know if the, the Bucks are just going to come out and stomp. But I'm looking at Giannis's first home game in the NBA Finals, and I can't see him losing it, and I'm going to say he's going to drop 50 to make it happen. Wow, that is bold, my friend. You know, the Bucks have been here in every single round before, down 0-1. They, or they did beat the Heat in round one, but they lost to the Nets. They lost to Atlanta. They might be able to do it again to the Suns, so we'll see. And, and Giannis dropping 50 in Game 3. That definitely give you a heads up there. M- Matt, the Heat series was a warm-up revenge series. It wasn't the playoffs. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But my friend, I'm going to tell you right now that your England prediction from last week, it's not going to come true. I said it last week that they're probably going to have to play Italy when you mentioned their easy road to the finals. It's here in the finals. Italy's won 32 straight matches. They're going to make it 33 in the Euro Cup final. And after not even making it to the FIFA World Cup in 28, what, 18? They're going to win the Euros. Oh, oh, sorry. I just, I took my headset off for a little bit, Matt. Sorry. All I can hear is it's coming home, but yeah, it would be, it'd be pretty epic if it, I will. Italy's probably going to win, let's be honest. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, my dude, anything else? Nah, man, we're good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.